You're listening to Rocket Night. Hi everyone, this is Andrea from Rockin' Night Magazine, and I have with me Wax from Crashing Cairo. How are you, Wax? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Thank, I'm doing great, and how's how you're calling us from Detroit? That's correct, yeah. And you guys are originally from Detroit? Metro Detroit, yeah. Uh, the outlying areas of the uh, we're spaced pretty far apart, but yeah, all around Metro Detroit. Very good, and you guys are celebrating the release of your new album called At Speeds That Destroy. Yeah, and I'm pretty excited about it. I've seen you guys have had a lot of success. I've been going through your Facebook, your Instagram, and you guys have been getting an incredible amount of airplay. How is that? How did you guys manage to get so much airplay from radio stations all over? I don't, you know, um, I don't know. <laughs> if I knew, I would tell you. Um, we, uh, you know, we've been, um, I, I don't know how uh, plugged you are into the industry, but we, um, you know, we have a radio promoter, um, Tinderbox Music, that um, helps disperse our, our album everywhere, at least in, in North America, um, and uh, did a good job making sure that everyone got a copy and and got the you know the line notes and, and the one sheet which kind of talks about the album, um, but then you know after after they deliver it, it's kind of like well do people like it? <laughs> and fortunately, people like it. So it's been it's been a good experience. Uh, you know, it's it's a little humbling to look at at the map and, and see all the places and 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 uh, you know we're just anxious to continue to try to develop relationships in all those places that are listening to our music. Now that's that's great. Um, this new album, how what was how how is this album different than from the last album? It's been like about three. It's been a while since the last album release, right? Yeah, yeah it has been. Uh, you know, I'd say that the main difference is um, uh, we. It, it was a process, actually. Um, we played um, we played some shows that were a little more high-profile shows for us, and um, and then because we played those shows, we had some footage in front of in front of quite a few people, um, and so we were able to send out our some of our songs to um, to people to see and show them what we did to see if we might be able to get um, a certain producer to work with us, and the producer that I thought of. All of it, I thought, you know, I said, who would I want to, who do I want to work with? And I, I really like the national, the national, and I really like Interpol. And Peter Cadis is the person that um, um, produces those two bands. And and um, I thought, gosh, wouldn't it be great if Peter Cadis would produce our EP? And so I, I just wrote a show, a short email to the studio, and and um, 
with um, a, a couple clips of us playing in front of the biggest crowd that we could, you know, and and um, and said, you know, would you consider possibly trying to work us into your schedule? Um, mm-hmm. It would be just really grateful. And, and um, it took a couple weeks, but I got a call back from um, Sandy Robertson. And Sandy Robertson is, think of him as like a, an agent to all the great producers. And so I get this call from London, England, and I pick it up and end up talking to him for over an hour. He's a wonderful guy. And he says, you know, he liked what I had to say and what our goals were and what we we're trying to accomplish. And kind of talks to me for a while. And I'm gosh, how did that go? And um, then um, got another call from him after he had talked it over with Peter and uh, said, sure, let's, let's move forward on this. And so we finished the first song, which is um, It's Not Like Life. And, um, and it um, came out great. We were just... We were so thrilled and so excited about what was coming next. And I get heard well. I was outside, and uh, I got a phone call from Peter, and I picked it up and started talking. And he's like, "Well, <laughs> I got some news. Um, I, I I'm, looks like I'm going to be busy for the next six months plus because the National wants to record a new album. And this is the album that that Peter and the National ended up getting a Grammy for for Best Alternative Album this year. Um, so I'm glad we didn't stand in the way of that. <laughs> but, but um, so yeah, he, uh, he said, hey, this is a great, great thing, and we got to do it. And I said, well, you know what, we'll wait. We'll just wait. He goes, you guys have been waiting so long. He's like, you can't wait anymore. He's like, let me make a phone call. Well, and a little while later, I got a call from Sandy Robertson again, fantastic guy. He says, I got somebody that, I, you know, he, he had the, the one song that we did with Peter, showed it to um, another individual and said, you know, I, I got somebody for you. And, they, and I said, who? And he said, his name's Tim Palmer. There's a few Tim Palmers in the music industry, so I wasn't sure which ones. And he said, producer Tim Palmer, and then his website came up, and I thought, oh my gosh, look at what this guy's done. I mean, this guy's resume is insane. You know, he mixed Pearl Jam's 10, you know, he uh, produced David Bowie's Tim Machine, he's worked with U2 on all that he came behind, which was nominated for a Grammy, and this guy's just done so much. I thought, uh, yeah, uh, if he's interested, we are, and uh, and he wound up being an amazing individual, just so helpful and um, so awesome at his job, and knows how to, you know, both of these guys know how to use the studio as an instrument, and, and from the first song I got back, when, when you know, because uh, uh, Tim Palmer went away with um, a song on the EP called Runaway. And he went away with it for a while. And then he came back and he goes, hey, take a listen to this. And <laughs> he stripped away all the stuff that we kind of felt like wasn't working. And he kept everything that was. And, and without changing kind of what we were about, but really kind of showing that he can use that studio as an instrument, he just elevated the song. And, and we just... We were so moved by it. So we got we to do the right response to this guy. <laughs> this guy's amazing. And so we ended up finishing the album with um, Tim. And so, uh, uh, you know, all the other songs are with Tim. And he did a fantastic job. Just hands down fantastic job. 
I think one of the uh, great things about the album is that a lot of your songs and your band is described as an anthemic band. A lot of your songs are very feel-good songs. They have this sense of power to them. They're, they make you feel good. They give you this positive energy. How, how did you manage to, to have such a positive input in in your songs you, especially one of the songs one of my favorite songs on the album is on the rise i i don't know why but that's one of those songs that kind of gives me goosebumps and when i hear it if i'm having a bad day i start to cry in a good way <laughs> it's a feel-good song and hopefully there's a good message behind that song yeah there is you know and and it's it's neat um that song we still play that at the end of a lot of our shows and it's one of those songs we've actually it's gotten to the point because you know like i don't you know we've been together for 10 years right yes yeah so you know we've been together for a long time and that's one of those songs that that um you know was there uh, close to the beginning and it, you know over the years it's evolved and it's become so much more um and it's so neat and so we've actually considered um re-recording that song and um and uh, because it, it's it's one of those songs that people tend to really enjoy, and and uh, and so we thought about that. We um, it's got it's got like you said an, an anthem like feel, it, it, you know. And um, yeah, a lot of our music we try to keep it positive. You know, the lyrics may not be uh, the subject matter might um, you know a, a little uh, darker, more serious at times. But um, we always like to sprinkle in enough hope so that it's not a, it's not a, oh man, we're so down type song. It's more like, look at, these are some things that have happened that maybe aren't so great, but you know what, we, um, you know, we can, we can overcome, right? Absolutely. And you guys, are, are, are there any plans for any future tours in 2019? Yeah, you know, um, quite a few things in the works. Um, we just um, we just recently, um, we'll be announcing this soon, we uh, signed up with an independent record label to uh, for distribution purposes. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And, um, and then we've talked about some plans that we have in terms of that. We've explored uh, right now, I think we're playing you know, a, a series of shows, kind of working from Detroit, um, more west, you know, through Kalamazoo, Chicago, etc. Um, our plan is this spring to go uh, out to Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona has a radio station out there that um, that's just been amazing and 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 has just really championed our music and. Um, uh, just it's on heavy rotation. It's been on heavy rotation since the first tracks were pre-released in August, um, and so uh, they've been they've been just uh, amazing. So we want to make our way out there, and so stopping in Iowa and stopping in some of these other um, states along the way that would be important, and working our way out uh, out east in the summer. Um, and by out east, that would be anywhere between Detroit, you know, through Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, getting to 
um, New York City. Um, that would be another path that we're planning. Um, and we're um, looking at either uh, next summer doing a tour in the UK or in Europe. And um, we'll kind of be making our decisions on, on that soon. And that, that we've got to get that all finished up soon. So <laughs> that's kind of, in the nutshell, uh, from now until next August, that kind of gives you a plan of all the places that we're planning on hitting. Very nice. Now I'm going to go back to a little bit on your um, some of the songs on your album. Um, yeah. um, one of my other favorite songs is um, Sue Your Eyes. Can you oh, us, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that song? Well, um, uh, boy, do I really want to ruin it for you? Do I want to ruin it? You know, when, when you, uh, it, I can talk instrumentally. It's, it's, it's really a neat song because I think it has a lot of components. I don't think it fits into the radio format mode. Um, I think it, it, it has a different sound to it. Um, um, I think that uh, I think it's catchy without being poppy, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, and um, and I think that it's uh, I, I love the song. Now you're probably wanting to know lyrical content, right? <laughs> Is that what you're asking about? <laughs> probably. I, as as a female, I guess we. Well, actually, I I'm in, I do listen to lyrics, but yeah. I also I I love to hear. The, the musical aspect of it too and what goes right. behind creating uh, the song when it comes to musicianship? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, the, you know, the lyrics, you know, I, tend to, I tend to write um, lyrics from personal experiences um, and I, I, I tend to make those lyrics um, a very clear vision in my mind of, of what I'm trying to communicate. Um, and I try, try not to um, paint that for others that are listening. Because like, let's say you know somebody by the name of Sue, right? And you have been able to uh, identify um, a, a message through the song that, that speaks to you, okay? Um, I don't I don't want to ruin that. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want. I don't want to ruin uh, your, uh, your the the message that you have. But yeah, it, you know, the the song uh, does dwell a little bit on loss and um, and it um, and redemption and kind of a, a, an understanding of of um, the choices that we make and um, and how that. Um, impacts our, our, our life and how we reflect on that later on in life. Um, you know, we, um, we do, uh, you know, it's kind of like all of the decisions we make are written somewhere on our soul, right? And, in, and we draw on those feelings and emotions when we're in different situations. That's kind of the, the concept of what that song's about. Very very good. Very. Good. You didn't ruin it for me. <laughs> okay. Good. And one more song, um, "Satellite." Satellite was yeah. another interesting song that I I kind of wanted to know more about. Yeah, um, "Satellite" is. Um, I view "Satellite" as a great like 
primer, if you will, on, on the band. So if, if you were going to just listen to one song, and because you know, I, I think that we, we, we really try to create different cinematic soundscapes, if you will, um, uh, in terms of our music. So you're not saying, oh, it's another song by Crash in Cairo. It sounds just like the last four that I heard. You know what I mean? We try to stretch ourselves and so that we're, we're doing songs that are all in the same vein, but they don't sound samey. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You've put it, that's perfect. Cinematic, I would say, a good word to use. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so what I, I've used Satellite is, is a, um, it's it's a great song that kind of gives you a smattering of what we're about. Um, you know, you can listen to the song and say, okay, you know, they you know they, they kind of have a, a sound that's like fill in the blank, whatever it is. I, I don't know if you have a if you have a band in mind. I I'm I'm way too close to it to be able to draw a comparison. But but you know, you get kind of a, a vibe like, okay, this is kind of what they sound like, and, and it's a great introduction song. You know, to um. You know, if you're looking for just, you know, you're going to listen to one song, listen to that all the way through. It'll just change through it and gives you an idea of what we're about. Um, but that song, yeah, you know. I mean, I can, um, listening to your music, and it's so interesting that you've worked with producer, with the producers such as, you know, Tim Palmer and Peter. Um, you guys have, um, like, the best parts of, the national because the national has like these rising emotional moments to their songs and right. then even you too like the feel good parts of the songs that's what your songs remind me of and a lot of your, your album your songs they have like this feel good it's it's like this goose like i said before goose pimp goose pimple sound feeling. it's like you hear the songs and it's like wow this just feels so good it's it's for those who have not well, heard the go. album or, or Crashing Coward, now I have to be honest, this is the first album that I hear from Crashing Cairo. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Which is going to make me want to go back and listen to the rest, which I'm uh -huh. not that familiar with. But this is such right. a good album that is just, you want more. And I have to go back and explore um, what I've missed in the past. Yeah, that's neat. And and what's in the future? Because like I don't know if I mentioned this. Did I mention this that 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 we've got we've got another EP already written and we're already oh, recording it. Interesting. No, I didn't yeah. know that. And when is yeah. and when yeah. are you when is that coming out? Uh, we don't have a date set for that, um, but I'm anticipating that it will be done uh, by next fall. Okay. Um, it's all written and. Um, and we're just doing the tracking now. So we, each of us have a recording studio in our own house. Okay. And so um, we track everything individually. So uh, we write together, you know, we're all in the room kind of constructing this. And we actually play the songs out live before we even start uh, tracking stuff. So um, these are songs that we've already been performing at shows. We'll be performing them at, at you know, we'll be performing these new songs uh, all all next year, 2019, and um, and they're um, so they're already written, and um, it's just a matter of finding the time to track them, and then work with Tim Palmer to produce them and, and get them in their final state, 
and capture them so that they can be listened to whenever you want. Is there a touring moment uh, that you've enjoyed the most or any bands that you've really, that really stood out? Is there a great moment in your um, previous tours that you've, that have been memorable? Um, lots of them. Um, we played a lot of shows with the Verve Pipe. Okay. They did that song, We Were Only Freshmen. Um, do you know the song? Yes, I Great do. song. Awesome. And, um, and so we did a lot of shows opening for them. Fantastic people, just fantastic. Great musicians, um, wonderful people to know. Um, we opened up for, um, Eddie Money. He was amazing. Um, and, uh, he sold out a, um, outdoor amphitheater which is easy for him but um like a 15,000 plus amphitheater that uh that uh, it was just a great opportunity to open up for him and he's so kind and and we played some shows where we're opening up for a band and they don't even um they don't talk to us you know we're just we're warming up the crowd and they've got no thing going on um, but he just was very engaging, and after we were done with our set, came out on stage and kind of hyped up the crowd and said, what do you think? You know, it was really an exciting moment. Um, and in fact, some of that footage is what we used to um, to uh, send to Peter Cadis. So um, that was, you know, that, that was a neat moment to be able to be in front of that many people. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was neat. I, I actually jumped out uh, off the stage on one of our first songs. I, you know, when you're an opening band, you know, you start your set, and um, there, you know, on an amphitheater that size, there might have only been like two or three thousand people there, which I know sounds like a lot when you say it out loud, right? But two or three thousand in that big of an amphitheater, it, it's it's not that many people, right? And so you start the set out with that many. And then um, eventually, you know, halfway through the set, you're looking out at over 10,000 people, and you're saying, oh, wow, this is, this is really catching up to us, you know? This is pretty neat. Um, but at one of the first songs, I jumped off the stage and sang the song going all the way out to the, the after the amphitheater, there's a huge lawn that people can be up on as well. And I walked out and walked across the lawn as I was singing a song. I, spent the entire song just kind of doing a huge lap of it. And that was pretty exciting um, to be able to go out there and engage with people, uh, you know, in that way. Um, that's a moment I'll probably never forget. Very nice. Now, I am not going to hold you up too much longer, but um, I am a gearhead. Uh, I love gear. I love musical equipment. Is there any... Yep. Uh, special specific musical instruments that you guys must have uh, lots of them lots of them uh where should i start uh david might say ableton i would say um um he has sound effects that he likes to trigger and and, and interesting electronic noises that he uses so I, i'd say that i remember him saying ableton however i'm that's out of my realm of what I do, so I hope I'm getting that right. In case David's hearing, but gosh, I hope I'm getting that right. Joel, um, Joel loves his Mesa amp. Um, he 
really, you know, he plays a talent in our guild. Those are the two guitars he plays. Um, but he loves his Mesa amp. He says it, it weighs a ton, but sounds amazing. Is so that Chris um, Rosin? He plays our. Um, he plays bass, and he plays an Ernie Ball bass through an Ampeg head and the whatever the big refrigerator-looking cabinet is. I don't know what that is, but it's an Ampeg cabinet. That's what he does. And then um, I, I'm partial to using the TC Helicon. Um, vocal processor um, because uh, you know a lot of times when you're playing shows, I don't care if it's big. I, I used it at at, um, at that amphitheater DTE. Um, I used it at small clubs. I, I always use it. It allows me the flexibility to be able to trigger my own effects, my own reverb, my own delay, um, that kind of stuff. And so I like that. I sing SM58, a Beta 58, I sure. Um, let's see what else, um, keyboards that I'm partial to, um, more expensive would be, uh, Moog, um, and then a cheaper keyboard that I like that I, I, you know, if you're going out on the road, sometimes you like something that sounds great and isn't that expensive. I like the, um, the Korg monologue. I like that a lot. I send it through a, um, a boss RV6 um, um, reverb and delay pedal that can add a little bit of shimmer and stuff like that to it. I really like that. Um, and then I use Sure um, in-ear monitors because as the singer, you kind of got to hear yourself. And a lot of times the wedges, the floor monitors, you can't hear yourself as clearly. So I don't like to blow my voice out every night. And so I use the in-ear monitors so that I'm not... I'm not screaming too loud. <laughs> How's that? Was that a good gear countdown? I'm sorry, what was that, Wex? Was that a good gear countdown uh, for you? <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> I, I, I live with musicians, so I, I know some of it. I'm okay. mostly a bass player, mostly bass player and guitar players. Not too familiar okay. with the drums or the the uh, microphones, but um. Right. But that was great. Is do you guys have Good. any guilty listening pleasures that you guys are embarrassed to say in public? Do any of you listen to like I don't know Britney Spears? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's play a little game. You say the artist, and I'll say who most likely would listen to that artist. Oh, right, so, you, oh. so you said Britney Spears. I said Britney I'd say Spears. The, I would say that the band member most likely to listen to Britney Spears would be David West, the drummer. <laughs> yep, yep, that would be, and you know, he might, he might be killing me right now when he hears this, but I would say he's the most likely to listen to Britney Spears. Give me, give me three more. I'll see three if I can more. assign one. Okay. Uh, Kanye West. Kanye. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to say Chris Rosin on bass. I'm going to say that he would probably be the one that would listen to Kanye. Now, it could be David again, because David's pretty <laughs> eclectic, but I'm going to give Kanye to uh, to Chris Rock, even though he's a punk rocker. Okay, let's see. Um, Abba. Abba. Um, 
that's a good one. I, I, uh, I don't know if it would be myself or Joel. Um, I'm going to say Joel because I'll take whatever you say. The last one is. Hmm. I have one more. Let's see. Yep. Uh, Andrea Bocelli. So that's gotta be me. Yeah, that's gotta be me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's good. That's yeah, very good. good. So, Wax, before we go, just um, tell us again the band members in the band. I forgot to. I know you mentioned them, but uh, to give them a, a shout out since they're not here with us. Absolutely. Um, well, you've got um, Chris Rosen. Chris Rosen plays bass guitar. You've got David West. David West plays drums. He plays drums, and he's also uh, he plays the um, he handles electronics like sound effects that kind of stuff. Joel Cooper he handles all the guitars, and then I'm Robert Wax, and I play well. I, I play the keys, and then I also do the lead vocals. Very nice. Well, Wax, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to Rock at Night. It was a great pleasure. I hope you're staying warm in Detroit. <laughs> thank you. I hope, I, yeah, New Jersey is about the same, right? You yes. know, um, I got to get out there. I got to get out there and play. You know, I got. I know I can convince these guys to go out to New Jersey. You know, and play a show. I think that there's some. There's so quite a few radio stations, I think, that are playing us. Did you look at that map that we have? Yes, I did. Um, well, yeah. I'm not sure about um, – we're kind of closer to Philadelphia. I'm more familiar with oh, Philadelphia. Okay. Of, yeah, I'm from Jersey, and I don't know much about Jersey. That's really bad. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to go out to Philadelphia then and, and yes. rock, and I hope to see you there. Um, Philadelphia is where you have a lot of music, a uh, great music okay. scene. Um and I, awesome. yeah, I'm gonna get a lot of hate mail from New Jersey for saying this, but I kind of, I love Philly a little more than I do. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know we'll go out to both just to keep you safe. You know, I get treated better in the venues in Philadelphia than I do in New All Jersey. Right. Just, just letting you know. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, good to know. Um, the city of brother of brotherly love, you know, Philly is, you know, a little better when it comes to music. More open-minded. Uh, I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> well, I'm going to get hate mail like crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my fault, I swear. Can't you just cut that part out for yourself? <laughs> But anyway, Wax, thank you so much. It's okay. It's I've been, I'm used to it. We're 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 made of steel here in New Jersey. We're we're used That's to the. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you, Wax. It was it was awesome. It was a pleasure. Uh, and and take care. And uh, we'll hope to see you on stage here in New Jersey or Philly. You know, there are great places in New Jersey. You know, there are, but, you know, I'll be, in, I'll see you in Philly. <laughs> you got it. That's awesome. Thank you, Wags. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Rock at Night.